0: Welcome to the Fatty Z Musky Podcast. I'm Andy. Join joined on the phone. I have Vance. Hi, Vance. Good evening. I have Todd. Hi, Todd.
1: I'm here. Shooting my leg, boys. Good to hear all you guys tonight here.
0: Andy. Uh, you're sounding much, much better. Good, good. Much, much better. So,
2: I think in regards to your back is what he's talking about.
0: <laughs> well, well, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean. Why not? I, I, I gave him a compliment. That's
2: that's tough out of you.
0: <laughs> I compliment okay. a lot of people. <laughs> no, you uh, yes, Maybe I do. A, a different, a
2: different, a different
0: way. <laughs> like backhanded.
2: <laughs> no, you, that way, or you compliment us by telling us what to do.
0: <laughs> the compliment sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> All let's right. go. You ready? Yeah. This show is brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products. Fattyzmuskie.com is the website. Fat AZ Muskie. let's see, on social media, is on Facebook and Instagram. Vance has been posting up some videos and stuff as of recent. Uh, bait-wise, let's How see. How many
2: do we have on the site? Hmm. Hard baits. Well, it, it, uh, it, okay,
0: if you're looking for Okay, so this is kind of a funny joke, and the reason I'm saying it's a funny joke is because I've I've let it ride. Um eight inch Raptors is a, is our staple. That's our bread and butter. Um along with the eight inch soft tail. They're kinda interchangeable there when I when I say like the eight inch baits. Uh so far a grand total between the two. All of the colors we have on the on the on the chart for the soft tails eight inchers and all the colors that we have on the eight inch Raptor. We have one bait. One, it, one eight inch Raptor. It is not a soft tail. It's in the small mouth pattern we painted last year. And I literally, uh, it's almost as a joke. I, I just look at it hanging there. The only thing in the, like the inventory room. And I, I, I kind of almost don't want to see it go, but it's, it's there. So
2: I'm surprised you let the
0: color chart go. Well, the color chart had to go to Phil Hogan's hut.
2: I know, but usually, so this is like a blocked out, if you will, like a closet, but it's, it's a blocked out area. I'd say, let's just say it's like eight feet wide and three feet deep. And we hang our inventory there. Well, generally Andy keeps one, so he knows which colors go where and what we have. But they're just vacant right now.
0: Correct. Now, I, I, I usually do exactly what Vance says. However, as things were disappearing, I actually wrote down the order in which everything goes. And there we go. I, I, I have that. And then I also, um, as long as I have some semblance of a place order. So in the rows is the style of the bait. In the columns is colors, so this is gridded. So I can easily look and say, oh, I'm getting low on 8-inch soft tails. Well, okay, let's see the colors. Well, I need 8 of these or something. I can say, well, what else do I need to paint in that color? So then I can just go vertically and pick up, hey, I might as well paint, you know, a couple of these, some of these, this, and this, if I'm going to be painting these this color. So... I have it set up like that. So as long as I have some placeholders like along the bottom row and, you know, scattered through the middle and top and stuff, I it's, it doesn't go away. And I kind of have that color, color chart. I don't want to say super memorized, but yes, there, there are, there are multiple placeholders here too. So I don't mess it up.
2: Well, I remember, I don't think the color chart's been filled since maybe your old house. Um, but I remember the one year we were like, well, what goes there? What color are we missing? And it was between, (laughs) it was between orange Julius and Lemonhead.
0: Yeah. And like the thing that kills me is when that happens,
2: (laughs) we were filtering out orange Julius. Correct. And they, they, it finally disappeared in like four years.
0: (laughs) Except it hasn't only.
2: <laughs> well, because because MTO has reordered it
0: several times. <laughs> I know, but, so I just painted but... a bunch of them. Yeah,
1: it's show and <laughs> we're on it.
2: There were, well, we would have Orange Julius which is a, it's a good color, you know, like the river guys and southern people will request it um but we were just like, you know what Lemonhead's selling? Let's just make this like one of the 10 staple colors or, or uh colors that we we keep in inventory and like the only reason we left it there was because we had these four glide dates left and when it, people come around at the shows they ask for donations for multitudes of things and we're like here you can have one of these
0: uh, like it would be so the, it would
2: be the orange joyous stinger
0: so uh, i'm sure he's not going to mind us dropping his name but generally speaking the guy that you could almost set your watch to to come for bait donations. Would be uh, I'm going to use this as initial T Grant. Oh, no crap, no Tony G. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: he may or may not run the Muskie Mountain Hotel Lodge.
0: <laughs> we in can't Kentucky. confirm or deny. <laughs> yeah,
2: but let's just say he does that, <laughs> right? We the same he, he also one.
0: likes a college basketball team that's, that's predominantly blue. Um, yes.
2: This so, guy would ask for donations often.
0: And every time it would be that bait as we were trying to trickle. Our trickle out was one bait a year to Tony.
3: <laughs>
0: I know. I <laughs> know.
2: We were just like waiting for it to go, but like acting like we were doing this huge donation, you know, like, oh here you go. <laughs> you
0: know? We pretend like we'd like, <laughs> okay, let's see. And we kinda like think about it. But we already know we should just have it written Tony. <laughs> I, like, like, yeah. I sp
2: I specifically remember packing them and saying, Okay, these are gonna go be donated to Tony. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We should have, like, each wrote down a time on when we think he was grabbing them. <laughs> Closest guy wins.
2: But he finally uh, got enough donations for us to eliminate that from the color chart, even though there are some special orders that come in from the <laughs> wholesalers. And then,
0: and then Aaron slides in there and like, hey, can you give me some in every bait style? <laughs>
2: so Orange Julius is not dead.
0: It's not okay, it's not it has a pulse, but it's in like Minnesota, not in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Cuz I'm not painting it for inventory. But, I beautiful. mean, it's 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 crazy cuz I literally this week painted them. Like I painted I painted the orders <laughs> worth. <laughs> and not an extra. I, I was rolling the dice here.
1: Get filling
0: up the charts now, or I, I'm tr- I'm getting we're, we're making headway. Let's just say that much. Okay. I mean, yeah. when you say filling up the charts, that's like you're get you running on fumes, and you pull up to the gas station, and you just turn the pump on.
1: <laughs> when there's
2: one, that's a satisfying feeling. <laughs> like when when you go to the gas station, and it doesn't your your car will tell you like you have 17 miles until empty, but then it'll just like turn into. You need to get there now. It won't go like five, four, three, two, one. But, like, if you're in the, the red where it just says low on fuel and it's blinking and dinging at you and you get there and you're able to fill up, it's an incredible feeling.
1: Even on these new cars, it really cools with you because you can be, like, cruising down the highway, not hammering the gas, cruising along at, you know, mid-60s instead of pounding on it and you're looking at it. It's like, oh. Says they have 80 miles to go. I can make it to this whatever exit, and uh, stays there for a while. And at least all the cars I've been in. Then you look down and it'll say 60, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! How did that change that quickly here? You know, couple couple speed bumps.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: you, you climb that <laughs> hill. Yeah, I mean the lights already on, telling you you need fuel, but uh, it is fun. And play that game a little bit sometimes it's it's nerve-wracking
2: you guys are more <laughs>
0: dangerous than me <laughs>
2: I've done it and like Can't I' don't practice ready. I don't practice what I preach on it I'll, I'll tell my wife I'll be like if you have a half tank fill it up you never know what will happen in the winter <laughs> and like my cars are just like on on e and i've I've hit it so when I go to, to Vic sports Center if I have a full tank of gas and I generally leave it like the last minute. So I'm doing my, you know, nine year fine, 10 year mind speed limit. And that's not the best gas mileage, especially when you're towing. Yeah. And so I'll get there, no problem. And I come back and there's this really long road that it's route 11. It runs North and South. And when you come off a of route 80 and you hit route 11 North and South, that'll take you all the way to route 90, which essentially, uh, my town, uh, is right off a of 90, but that when you're on 11, it's a substantial amount of time of just no lights and no gas stations at all. Mm-hmm. And that was the last time that I did. That was when I returned my boat this year, I hit that. You have no fuel left. Uh, warning. And I, was pretty puckered up because I didn't think I was going to make it. I called, I called my wife. I was like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to make it. Um, she's like, what do you mean? I was like, I mean,
0: all the family. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. I was like, I might need you to run me, run me five gallons. Your wife's like,
1: really sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you later tonight. man.
2: I I just made it to this <laughs> gas station. And I was just sweating the whole time. I would cruise and then if I would hit like a downhill patch, I'd hit neutral and and take my foot off the gas <laughs> and everything. And I would just kind of coast. And you don't coast as well when you're your not boats pushing not on. it with
0: an engine. <laughs>
2: With, with an engine or a boat behind you so like i would be like man does this really even matter because now i'm gonna have to gas it to get back up to speed just so many scenarios you have so much head, friction
0: but... you actually stop on the hill
2: <laughs> it's t- it's a tough thing uh you know but i mean yeah i, I mean I seriously like reserves. you could have just
0: jammed a hose into the fuel tank of the boat, siphon some out.
2: Well, it was it was gone at this time. You like you know, you drained I, the I tank? I dropped it off. I dropped. Oh, it off okay, okay.
0: Juice.
2: Yeah. So I bet you I could probably get there comfortably with like three quarter tank. You'll get home good, but I was I was probably at like half a tank mm-hmm. for. For my initial send off there, and I was just like, "The hell with it." I'm not filling up right now because I have the boat on. And then I was like, "Yahoo! I'm going to make some good time home." And it was like,
3: "Ding, ding!"
2: You're actually not going to make it home. I was like, "Oh, excellent."
1: <sighs> so we're adding to the one bait on the wall.
0: Yeah, we we are getting there. Yes, we we are making the the appropriate steps forward.
2: Luckily, they sell you know
0: except this I mean, one. It's,
2: a, it's a good it's good except for the one it's a good thing to to have like problem to have, but I think last year, right before we went live on the website, is the website like a the new website like a year old just about just about so I, when we went live with
0: that I think it was the week prior to the Muskie Max because. I was getting everything set up, but then we didn't really tell anybody and we were trying to run to make sure there were no bugs in it. So it's, it might be 11 months ish.
2: Mm-hmm. And I remember I brought over like maybe 300 swim baits or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: we were just co- completely out of room.
0: Right. I mean, cause we were, we were prepping. I mean, we, we knew that there wasn't going to be shows from, you know, months prior, but you know, mm-hmm. trying to get everything already and, you know, not, it really puts holes in the night if I'm filling orders and trying to paint. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, luckily I've, I've been not heavy on orders recently and I've been able to spend more time, you know, doing, you know, rebuild inventory stuff. So. Hence
2: all the, que- all the texts from 2020 when you were like, are you trying to sell things? And I was like, yeah. And you're like, stop. I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you would go in, you would come home, you'd have like your half an hour buffer to fill orders or do something for the bait company, and then go in and play dad, and then have to come out and like ship 40 packages uh at the end of the night.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it-
2: Burning the midnight oil. I'll-
0: Well, I mean, like the thing is, is when something like that happens, I mean, for obvious things, it's like, okay, what do I do? Do I paint for an hour or try to package up for an hour? And like, you know, orders, orders there, you you have to package. So then that, what that does is time and, you know, a a day or two or three or four, next thing you know, a week is gone and you're like, oh crap, we're going to try to get ready for this or that, or I have other, Uh, you know, it just, it, it, It's just another thing to add, you know, another can of gas to the fire.
2: Absolutely. And that time of year, you know, when when there wasn't shows, people were literally like about to start fishing. uh, Just with like the winter that we had, lakes were opening up and things of that nature. So you want to get those packages out. You want people to be like, oh, I ordered this on Monday and I got it on Wednesday. Exactly. You know, sometimes right. the next day, you know, that's that's a
0: depending on where a you're good at
2: thing. Mm-hmm. So I completely understand that pressure as well.
0: Yeah. But so, anyways, fatty z musky products. Hey, how's Muddy Creek?
1: Muddy Creek fishing guides, <laughs> we're doing good here. mcfishingguides.com. dot com. Got the website. Get a hold of us you know when you want to go fishing we're going to be fishing in pennsylvania april may maybe a little bit in late fall and then all summer long good lord willing and the creek don't rise when we're fishing on chautauqua lake out of a couple new ranger boats vance what about rangers where would you get a ranger if you're looking for one
2: i'd get it at Vic sports center they sell the most in the country for so many years uh check them out they're in kent ohio um, check them out for all your ranger boat needs they also sell tritons starcraft star Uh they have a little bit of used boats uh in there i know they're going to have two todd and myself which are there is a sale pending apparently on both of them people want them already but uh, such as life in the boat industry right now but check out fix sports center they're good people they're fishermen that set up boats um Again, shout out to Ranger Boats. Come out with us, uh, in 2022. I know Todd and I are pretty booked. We got a day here and there, uh, get a hold of us. But when you do come out, we'll be using, uh, top of the line gear, including St. Croix rods, best rods on earth. Uh, give them a fair shake. I bet you if there's shows, you probably got a better chance of getting them there than you do online right now. Um,
0: Do they pack sellable inventory?
2: Some, some do. Yeah. I mean, like if you go to, you know, a show and there's like a Thorn brothers there or a, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Or or, or something like that, they'll have, they'll have them. Um, like at Ohio, they have crashes landing come up and they bring all their, their rods and stuff. And their St. Croix mixed in there. We stopped it. Um, I helped my friend tow a boat out to Vicks, uh, Because he had a, uh, he's got a single axle and uh, the hubs were leaking oil. So he was real nervous to to tow it out there, especially alone. And I was like, I essentially talked him into going and saying like, well, you're either going to have to tow it here or we're just going to have to drive it and tow it. And that's my track record of breaking things. I just wanted to kind of like test to see if we would get broke down on the road, or if a
0: or if tire run out would of gas, come,
2: run out of gas, or if a tire would come like you know passing us, and it was our own tire, things of that nature.
0: Hopefully um, down a hill, like in years past. <laughs> yes,
2: yeah, like with Todd's experience, but we got that out there, and we stopped it um, at Marks Bay Tackle and Ammo that we talked about before, and they had nine foot uh, Saint Croix trolling rods there. And I was like, damn, you can't get these right now. I was like, if people knew these were here, they're, you know, somebody would come right down and, and buy it right now. I was like, I, hell with how, how Todd and I've been only been able to get, you know, X amount of rods for this will be two, two, three years in the making now, which we completely get. I was like, maybe I should buy a, a spare here, but I let it lay. Um, but you know, check them out. They're hard to come by, but if you do end up venturing to shows this season, check out those wholesaling vendors that are there. They usually have a nice deal on, on uh, some rods.
0: Very nice. And
2: is, that, is that it? Oh, I also want to, speaking of shows, the uh, the New York show, the New York Muskie show, which is going to be held um, at the Chautauqua. Well, mm-hmm. I still call it, I call it the Inns and Suites up yeah. in mayville mm-hmm. uh is that is that what it's still I called Called well, yeah yeah you know, the chautauqua and suites up in mayville um it's going to be april 9th and 10th with 2022 as of now it's still going on uh, there's a lot of bait makers going there uh, a lot of heavy hitters you think joe peterson's going there the true glide guy's going there dk's still going there um blue water all these Big names are going up, are are going to show up to this show, so uh, check them out. It's in in April, um, and uh, get a hold of Steve Gould and in their uh, website if you want to go.
0: Excellent. <clears throat> All right, it's winter. You may be thinking of boat projects, perhaps one project that you know you might want to tackle. You you're curious about, you know. Uh, would be your flooring. Your flooring plays a big part in, you know, the overall experience of your boat, because really the only part of you, you know, generally speaking, when you're, when you're fishing that touches your boat is your feet. And, uh, what's under your feet is very important. So for the longest time, very popular options have been depending on what style boat you have is, you know, if you had a, a tinny boat, it's usually tin, but you start, you know, getting a little bit more with the flooring. You might have a sheet of plywood, get fancy, throws down some carpet or some vinyl. That's kind of made a, a big splash. And I'm going to probably say in the last 10 years, but something that's coming on really strong is this, these foam products, uh, especially the one that we like the best is Aquatraction. And what makes Aqua Traction different is it's 100% cross-linked closed cell polyethylene foam. Because it's closed cell, it's not going to be absorbing stuff, so that makes it very stain-resistant. There's no shrinking and peeling. Um, Other competitors use an EVA foam, which this will outperform it in just about, not just about, in every category. Um, It's non-slip. It's easy to clean. Sound dampening. You got a pretty cool style with it because, you know, just they, you can route it. You know, they have double double layer colors here. You're going to have like an accent and you know the top and the bottom it's just look it up it's great looking stuff and you know it it kind of refreshes it puts a facelift on your boat i mean prime example would be mine um i went from you know what looked to be you know a vintage old ranger to hey this thing breathes some life into this it it, it kind of puts a smile on your face when you're in it you almost it looks so nice i didn't want to really step on it but i kind of hard not to i haven't I've mastered anti-gravity yet and i stress yeah. yet um so um with with all of that said you know our our local dealer is uh amf marine the email is nick n-i-c-k that's his name at amf com. um if you're not in our area which you know i'm going to probably say is like the cleveland buffalo pittsburgh area that kind of triangle there uh Check out Aqua Traction for another local authorized dealer. All right.
2: Yeah, and I think people will be surprised with the pricing of that, too. It's not as expensive as people. uh, You'll get sticker shock in the opposite uh, direction. Well, yeah. If you want my opinion on it. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, do I want to paint my whole house or somebody comes with an incredible offer and I'm just like, yep, yeah, go ahead, do it. It's fine. It S- saves me all the hassle in the world
0: Right. And to redo carpet. Yeah, and, and some of the stuff that, that you know, like for, for the people that like to kind of wrench on their own stuff, you can, you know, get the boat and all that stuff prepped. I mean, I did all the prep work on mine and, mm-hmm. you know, you, I don't know, I get a sense of pride of doing that stuff. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to just, boom, it's done. But... You know, I got in there, got dirty, did some stuff, learned some stuff, which that's something I really like to do on my personal stuff is see how it's put together, re reassemble it so then if there's ever a problem later, I kinda know what I'm dealing with and but anyways. I just still
2: can't I still can't talk about how terrible carpet is, especially on older boats. Just that kinda like reminds me of a nineteen seventies like game room. It's like a glass ashtray somewhere. Half filled a pool table. You know. Do you have I'll shag fill, carpet in fill this? Fill to the brim. Or if it is, it's it's matted down at this point. You at know? this
0: point, matted. Does it have wood paneling that makes it, no matter how much light you have in there, seem dark? Oh,
2: absolutely. Yes. <laughs> that's a, that's 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 another one too. Yeah, it would be so dark.
0: Th- there would be like a like a. Light hanging down that has like really dark stained glass, like a green and a yellow, like maybe like a Miller light inside that or something. I was going to say
2: that next. Yes, it was like an old Pizza Hut style. That's right, with a gold chain. Yes, that's that's a nineteen seventies basement. It's amazing. What a.
0: like what i grew up with what what two kids born in the 80s are talking about the 70s i mean people like this like this
2: will last forever this trend is never gonna change i'm gonna keep it all the way to the 90s
0: kind of like a really dark red almost brown like uh velvet couch that's like yes it's kind of like really smashed down from just hours extremely
2: smashed down and it has retained the cigarette smell. This is a really couple, nice.
0: Couple melted spots from the polyester. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, they'll scratch you. <laughs> yeah, they are
1: sharp. They're sharp.
0: Todd, Todd, is this accurate?
1: I was born in the sixties, but I did grow up in the seventies. Yeah. Much- yeah.
0: What was yeah, that?
1: I said I had all that grown up, all okay. the houses, house, parents' house. Yeah, was It was fun.
0: incredible. It was the, the thing to them. have. I mean, clearly that would be easy to clean if you had a pet that wasn't completely potty trained yet. I mean, that wouldn't absorb it like a sponge. Oh, it's
1: thick enough. That's in good. <laughs> you only have to rub the
0: surface. <laughs> it just... <laughs> Below it is just it, it's oh, just a botanical yeah. garden.
1: Of, you got a good inch of uh, like it's like topsoil. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Like yeah. if you if you rip that
2: carpet up, you know it's going to be like green and grow it stuff oh, under on a, the
0: concrete has its own micro ecosystem going. You're just better off to just light it. Just hope it doesn't burn <laughs> the house down. Or yeah, do it for an insurance claim. <laughs> like. Well, what do you think the culprit was? Well, did you see the basement?
2: (laughs) It was our nineteen seventies style basement with an ashtray that had close to a thousand cigarette butts in it.
0: I hope that at the at the very bottom step you have to dip your head to the side so you don't hit like the flooring. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. Oh, that's great. All right. I'm so glad that's related to musky fishing.
2: Well, maybe there's a musky mount down
0: there, you know. Hopefully, uh-huh. that's like, like Mitch over here, that the gills are filled with condo. Yeah.
1: Hell yeah! Just the head,
2: just the, head. the my, like the the rooms that I'm thinking about, and we talk about all those old skin mounts. How it brings back so many memories. There were these skin mounts in there, and of course, there were, it was tobacco related. There was this giant crappie that my uncle had caught. It was like two pounds, 15 ounces or something like that, and it had a huge cigar in it.:
0: Nothing, nothing says respect the animal, like, let's, let's throw like a cigar in these mounts.
2: Yeah. If anybody has any pictures of that, please send them to us mounts with, uh, old skin mounts with tobacco products hanging out of them.
0: Okay. So since we're on the topic of mounts, um, recently I got my daughter, uh, into, into a little bit of squirrel hunting in this late season. And, uh, she ended up shooting a really nice gray squirrel and she's like, I really want to get it mounted. And I'm like, well, uh, hop, you know, Google search, you know, different, you know, uh, like forms and stuff for squirrels. And she's like, I want my squirrel in a canoe. No. <laughs> Can I have it holding a gun in a, a hat? I'm like, no. How about this one with a bow and a Robin Hood hat? <laughs> You're not getting it, mounted. <laughs> We're not going to have it. You, know? you gave
2: an inch. You gave an inch and she took a mile with her, with her mind.
0: Yeah, this is going to be cute. Can I have... It's gonna be adorable, but no, there is no canoe.
2: <laughs> it's you flip out on her, you say it's kitsch, it's the opposite of art. This is extremely <laughs> offensive.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 something what people do with mounts and whatever, but okay, we're we're not getting anywhere with this show. Um Mm-mm. Hey, coming up real soon part of the reason why we're starting to hustle this, uh, off season, you know, early 2022 is, uh, musky max plus coming to you March 5th and 6th at Prince scape arena. We talk a lot about this, especially, you know, around this time of year, we always say it's our favorite show. And we say that for good reason. Um, it's expertly put on Sean Lee, party does a good job. Um, just keeping everyone involved. It's great for the family, great for the kids. There's a lot of activities close by. You could bring the wife, bring the kids, or bring your husband, or her, however you have the family structured. Um, it's it's great for everyone there. It's it's well lit. It's spacious. Um, there's there's food close by. It is fantastic. It's always it's never disappointed with us. Um, so, you know that's coming up. It's in Cannonsburg. And um, you know, you guys got anything great to say about the Muskie Max?
2: I hope it happens. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, there has been a little bit of murmuring in the in the back about another big show, but I, I'm I'm thinking that I think we're going to skate on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, it, it's it's fantastic. Um, you know, hopefully, we're going to have a nice another Gear Man Steve story. If he's going to have some food for us, we go down eat some dinner with him and uh you know get everything set up but you know we we have we have some stuff in the works you know for the for the Sunday uh kind of mm-hmm. like we've been doing for the last couple years and i say couple years meaning not last year but you know the previous ones and um yeah i expect it to be you know a good strong turnout people in high spirits and you know trying to get trying to get things back in some kind of a normal order as we're used to. So, uh, definitely if you can make it, um, unlike many of the other shows, Sunday is still a really strong day at the Muskie Max. I know some people kind of get, let's just, let's just be honest. A lot of times the last day of the show, which typically is a Sunday, is a dud, but Mm -hmm. this is, this is still a strong outing, you know, people showing up, just, you know, a lot of good Good times to catch up with people. You'll see, you know, other anglers that you might not have seen since the last show. And it's, it's, it's just fun to catch up with everybody. And, you know, you talk and you make your rounds. So, you know, if you can make it, don't miss it. All right. I got one last little quick announcement here. There's going to be a lure swap. It is February 5th. It is, that would help if there was a state here. um, Rolling Rails Lodge. Oh, God. I'm Port Matilda, 243 Crescent Lane. Uh, time is 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And you're going to wonder who can attend. Anyone and everyone. So, this is uh, put on by a Muskies Inc. chapter. You do not have to be a Muskies Inc. member to um, attend this. So, entry is $5 a person. If you're under 18, it is free. If you're going to set up a table, 10 bucks. Tables are provided. Food and drinks will be provided. Bring your own beer. Uh, buy, sell, or trade anything you want. Bring lures, nets, rods, reels, line, boats, clothing, anything. So this is like wide open format here. Um, to reserve your table, please email. I'm going to spell this. N-V-M-A-I-N-C at gmail.com, or call or text Matt Dixon, 814-280-5759. Uh, tables will be available day of the event, as long as supplies last. Revert, reserve yours to make sure you get one. Now, I'm going to look real quick here. I should know. To what figure they're... out what
2: Port Matilda is. Yeah. That's, that's Chapter 64.
1: That's...
2: Pennsylvania
0: guy. Yeah, that that is. I want to think that might be the – is it Nittany Valley? Is that the
2: Nittany Lion
0: one? I, I, I think it is. I'm scrolling real quick. Um, yeah, I think it is. I, I think it is too. Um,
2: Nittany Valley, my
0: bad. Right. Well, Nittany. But it has an 814 number, so I apologize for that, but it's a Chapter 64. So if you're in and around the area, uh, pay attention to that. And that is my Muskie Inc. announcement. All right, anything you guys want to add before we kind of start down this? Not that we're 35 minutes into this one. (laughs) We've just been in donuts in the parking lot right now. Wrap it up. Okay, boys. Uh, Until next time. (laughs) Um, We're good. Anyways, okay, so kind of to kick this one off, I have noticed some stuff. I do peruse the forums if, you know, not like facebook forums but like actual forum forums and you're a forum lover well what happens is is i have my computer at lunch and i just like you know it's nice to kind of have your one hand on the mouse you kind of catch up on all this stuff and i'm like hey i'm gonna click on this forum and see what's happening and for the most part not a whole lot um this other giant fishing forum i'm a part of like we're talking like I think 25 or 30,000 plus members. It's basically like two or three active threads right now. And it's, it has, it's all in the off topic discussion and it revolves around um, subjects that tend to go blue or red. And there's also something about (laughs) human health that that's been in the news a lot. So there's not a lot of fishing talk going on in that one, but um, I did catch wind of some stuff here that uh recently a, a big name in the muskie lure manufacturer um manufacturing community uh has, has a new bait and there was a lot of discussion about its price tag. And I figured this would be a I don't know. I, I think we've kinda hit on this. I don't know if there's a topic we haven't hit on. But... Well
2: it keeps it keeps going up, so I mean there's no you can talk about it
0: yeah it it does keep going up and you know there's just that's such a complicated thing because you know every viewpoint that that was just discussed i mean and they're not like original thoughts they're just all valid opinions is well you can catch them on the you know the cheap baits yes you can you can catch them on the expensive baits and well of course you can and and then it's like, well, how can they price gouge like that? Well, how do you know they're price gouging? You know, it's, it's such a, a weird thing to, I don't know, I guess it's human nature to, to kind of question a lot of this stuff. But, you know, there's, there is some things that go into that, like, maybe are unseen costs, from the public and I'm not, I'm not defending if you even know what I'm talking about, the, you know, more of the specifics I'm not defending. I'm not chastising. I'm just saying this was, this is kind of the thing right now. It's it, new show season, new baits are coming out and I don't know. kind of like the trends. So Todd went, I'm going to, I'm going to pick on Todd right now. You with me? Yep. Okay. You sound very distant. So, um, when did, when did you start seeing a lot of the wood baits? Like way back in the day, everything was kind of whittled out of wood. Mm-hmm. At what point did you start seeing like the injection molded plastic mass production stuff really take hold?
1: Uh, I mean, just locally, the first guy that did it around here was Brian Boyer legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, you know, the legend, legend baits, uh, Everybody else was still doing wood for, you know, uh, of course, you always but, had, your, at that point, you did have your believers and things like that, but there wasn't all that many of them.
2: So would uh, you say, would you say that, like, believers was one of the first ones or?
1: Oh, yeah. And even and, even, you know, back in the day, hadn't. Head and spook vamps uh, were wooden, and I, I, don't, I couldn't tell you the year. I'm going to say it was probably in the 60s or something. They came out with a hollow plastic one uh, that everybody always wanted the old wooden ones. you know? Hey, <laughs> I, gonna, got a bunch of I was going to pause you up.
0: real quick because you talked about a believer. Help, mm-hmm. me, help me out here because yeah. I really don't know exactly what the difference is. What's, what's the difference between a believer and a swim whiz?
2: Man, they're the same I, thing, but I don't. Swim swim
1: Swim LeBlanc, Swimwiz started it. Okay, Swimwiz was first. Seventy-seven, maybe something like that, mid seventies. Okay, the original ones had a date. But that's when I believe they were started being made, and I, you know, I think the Believer was more known as the, you know, they had more of the ten-inch stuff. Not even or I mean it was just a, I don't know if it was a split from. The Swim Wiz Company or a knockoff or what?
2: Maybe the guy said, forget about it. Mm -hmm. You know, and then they just picked it up from there. I believe, and don't quote me on this, but the Swim Wiz creator, I think he's passed on. God bless Mm -hmm. him. But I, I believe his son takes musky charters out on St. Clair or something like that. And that's one of his um, sales point is like, you know, we made one of the greatest lores ever, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. I, the I lore, think, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and he still like runs all, all swim with and, and things like that originals. Um, that would be an interesting one to hear because those fo- like following that timeline and like jumping back when Todd was doing it, while Andy and I were in, uh, thought it was out fishing, and Andy and I were in basements that would probably get our parents arrested if it was now. Um,
3: Due but to the cages. It, it was like
2: close, like legend. Finally did it, but prior to that, you would you could pick up a handful of swim whizzes and believers, and then it just like kind of evolved into. Like any bait that ends in Ader, you know, Raider, Invader, Space Spaceinator, whatever the heck it is, Terminator, mm-hmm. those kind of all went plastic, and they're still around uh, heavily right now. It's just, it's kind of like, those companies are all doing very well, and, you know, back then musky fishing wasn't as popular and we're living in in like the great days right now of it. It's almost like they took advantage. Somebody reached out to him and was like, Hey, we'd like 10,000 of these things. And they're just like, Whoa, I'm not going to do this or sure. Let me build the business to, or sell the business to get it. So we're getting just like molds in and something else is, you know, somebody else is doing it. I'm getting royalties off of it. Because I know that's what happened with Dale. Right, I mean, they tried to they tried to get a mass production of of his, and he was just like, I can't pump these out fast enough, and I also don't think they're good quality. So no,
1: mm-hmm. like something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, it happened when you know in the mid, more like the mid '80s when he started. But uh... yeah, I mean, and and. you you didn't have obviously man you just didn't have the options of go look you know (laughs) you you just didn't go to the You could go to kmart and they might have some of the plastic head and spook vamps and uh they'd have some swim whizzes you know but there was about four different lures and you know there wasn't bass pro shops buildings and cabelas and there was not, not none of that was around so you know just uh you know, the the those to mass produce them you had to go to plastic, you know. You couldn't stock the inventory. Nobody can make those wooden baits. Uh, for the the if you look in the big magazines, there's there are no wooden baits. There's spinners. You tie a bunch of beads together and you can put out a spinner a lot quicker than you can make an eight inch, you know, crankbait out of wood. Uh, you just don't see the, the wood floors there.
0: Were you frustrated back in the day when when you would like look for like I want to buy a new bait and you're just outlets? There just was no outlets.
1: No, we. I mean, when I was real young, we would buy them when we went up to Canada. There was a lot more available up there, super spooks and, and and the head and stuff because people musky fished. You know, there was a you know we'd go to the bait shops up there and pick up some stuff. But we always had the local bait builders, and you you know when you had that. You know, when Dale started making baits and we had Ladiano lures and, uh, you know, those two were the, you know, Ladiano started a long time ago. There was other guys around that made baits. Most of them were copies of Creek Chubs and Headens, but you always had the availability. What about Grandma? <laughs> That's later.
0: hmm I mean, Grandma started out as wood.
1: Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. A long
0: yeah. time ago and then... When do you think, like some of these producers kind of said, "We're gonna go injection molded" mm-hmm. in the
1: '90s? They did. Uh, I, I don't know when Grandma would have done it. I'm trying to think of another. For instance, I mean, the only ones I can I can think of some jerk baits, you know, like the sledge jerk bait. Uh, you know, that stuff was all. I mean, they're all basically reef hog style baits, and you know, people injecting molded them, but. I'm trying to think of a. I mean, I, mean, like, I
0: was going to say, Tough Shad was probably what? 15, that
1: 12, wasn't, 12, 15 that years was ago? Recent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 20 maybe at the most. You know, maybe the wooden ones were 20 years old. I don't know. When they went plastic, probably within the last 15, 15, 12 to 15 years ago, I'll bet, is when they went plastic. Mm-hmm. But there hasn't a lot of companies do that. Lungeon Wars is doing that with these guys' baits. Yes. There's not a lot of crap. Think of that, have done that, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't ever remember like wooden believers. They probably, I mean, I'm sure they started out carving them out of wood, but that would be, <laughs> imagine carving
0: that shape. I'm at yeah. that, would yeah. that would suck?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, lathing or thing. How could, yeah, that's something they're like, yeah, we're going to have to mold this thing somehow. <laughs>
0: yeah. But so we'll say that like it really started gaining traction nineties into the like when it kind of become real more mainstream would have been like two thousand five, two thousand ten. Yeah. I I'd probably yep. say that that's probably about right. I, I'd bet that's about the time two thousand eight ish and someone can look it up. I'm just guessing when Tough Shad I I remember hearing the grumbling about it mm-hmm. when Tough Shad went plastic. But anyways. probably um, 10, 12 years Oh yeah, yeah. Because I remember going to the Ohio show, just as just as a normal guy walking in, and it was, gosh, I want to, I forget where it was even at, but um, yeah, it was it was, it was different. I remember that booth kind of being crazy, and you know, I I didn't end up picking up any, but. I just, I kind of remember like the undertone there, but, um, okay. So Todd, just, just ballpark this stuff. Average price of a bait in the eighties. A wooden bait.
1: One of those wooden baits, you know,
0: something from Dale.
1: Always a little bit expensive. I can't, couldn't even tell you. I mean, 10 bucks.
0: Okay. For
1: for something like that, maybe, you know,
0: Mm Hmm. Slide into the nineties. Do you feel that it the price changed much?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I can remember Ladiano saying, you know, he, he, you know, I got, I can't make the lures. I can't make enough, so I just got to raise my price and raise your price, and he sold more lures. That 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 was the way that worked with him. You know, uh, And I can't remember what it would cost to buy a. You know, man, I remember buying those balls. You know, that would have been. We used to use this little balsa bait, a Bagley bait, a little four-inch bait. And uh, they quit making them in the 82 or something, 83. They actually got a hold of the company and bought the last of their inventory because they were going to discontinue it. And we paid like $3.80 for for them.
0: Okay. Yeah. You know,
1: and I had some of those that uh were some oddball colors laying around, I mean. I had a couple I put on eBay that went for $300 because of the color, you know. I hope
0: Something you reported was... that income.
1: No, that was before you had to.
0: <laughs> the, um, <laughs> how how would you rate the quality back then? Like kind of using today as a standard was that, was that like kind of really plain Jane paints?
1: Oh no. I mean, I mean the guys, the, the guy there was always artists, uh,
0: work going on there uh
1: the the quality of the uh lures was not the same you didn't have the same type of paint you didn't have the same type of uh, sealers and you know that's come a long way you know if you the fish unbreakable old through lures, wire, man, yeah i mean if, if you fish the old ladiana lures the paint popped off them you know you got some teeth marks it would come off but you know they didn't have the stuff we have now to seal them up either, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was pretty common. All the old Creek Chub Pikeys. I mean, the paint just comes off of that. It used to just crack on that stuff like crazy. Old Bagley Lure, same way, you know? So the quality has definitely gone way up. Right. <laughs> a long way with This with the sealants and stuff like that. I think sealing the wood was a big thing, you know?
0: Yeah, and like we, we've had this discussion before, and it, 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 I'm kind of shoehorning it right now because it doesn't really fit. You know, sealing, sealing wood. At what point does wood quit being wood when you're injecting this, these these chemicals or like I'm gonna just call them like plastics into them?
2: Yeah, essentially, you're using a treated two by four down there,
0: right? I don't know. I'm I'm not like looking for an answer I'm just posing like this mm-hmm. this thing that's like you know at what point does it stop being stop having the characteristics of wood it has some percentage of wood in it <laughs> but mm-hmm. I don't know but it's
2: most mostly
0: sealant right it's it, mostly it, urethane it, that the binding agent is wood fiber but it's its 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 shape is based off of that blank, um, but anyways, so kind of kind of moving along. So, do you feel that when the plastic baits, you know, really started taking a stronghold, how would you compare their um quality, the paints and all that other stuff, durability to to like that old Latianos, you know, Creek Chub crackling paint chipping off i mean do you feel it was an improvement
1: yeah i mean i think they're you know they're, they're more durable uh from a know, body more, standpoint yeah you know, the body the body wise i mean the paints and stuff on them i geez i mean i would say that they you know you can paint the same pattern on either uh yeah I, mean, I, I never thought much of it back then i mean but yeah we did search out for the like you'd see the, the 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 plastic creek chubs or the plastic vamps, and you are like, oh, "I'm not buying this. I want the wood ones." You know, other lures you just you know some of the spinners, the the magic spooks we used to use. I mean, it didn't really matter. It's two blades and a body. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even now, I mean, God. Some of those little plastic tough sheds, yeah, I can't even tell you how many fish have hit them. You know, they broke through and you drain them out and they just, I mean, you can just keep running. And the, the, I haven't had many failures on, a, on these, on, on the injection molded baits where you have failures on wood. You know, if you slam a rock and you bust the lip off and it busts the back end behind that lip off, the lure is pretty much junk. I mean, not much you can do with it mm-hmm. to repair that, you
0: know, right? So, what? Not wood. It's it's not wood. Do you feel that? Do you, I mean? I, I think I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask it. Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy catching a fish on a wooden bait more than a plastic bait?
1: I don't care what I catch fish on. I knew that was going to be the answer. <laughs> I personally (laughs) people do, you know. Mm
3: -hmm. You know,
1: there's no doubt. People want that old wooden bait. And I've got a majority of my fish on them because I have mostly wooden baits. But uh, it doesn't bother me to do it either way.
0: Okay. All right. So then all of a sudden we we start entering the era of, I'm going to say, like we could say we daisy chain off each other or one-up, uppingness new word of trying these different things in the basement the basement bait section of M1 and i have some early baits that were kind of like at the time i'm like holy crap look at how cool this looks just the scaling this, and i look at them now i'm like yeah they're they're nothing like they've they've lost their shine but I still know how I felt when I seen them for the first time. And it that's when I really started seeing I don't want to say a different level of quality because a lot of these baits I can't tell you how quality they are, but time invested in making them look good and these new epoxy coatings. And I think both of you guys can attest to you can have a bait that's painted that would you know normally, maybe back in you know the eighties, like we you know what I why I was asking Todd about these these paints and stuff like that would be an acceptable. Um, hey, this is a really nice looking paint, but once you throw that epoxy on there, it's just like bam, punch you in the face like this thing pops. <laughs> so this started happening, and then there was like an arms race for. Who can come up with the best epoxy that gets this stuff done? Because there were some that, you know, had high high promise, not like specifically made for baits. They were just, r- you know, repurposing these, these different coatings. And some people went real hard in on it, and there were some big drawbacks, but they ignored them, and you get failures, you get some weird stuff going on, and then the next new thing goes and how many endless threads there were about the best top coats oh yeah and i mean we i don't say we went through a bunch but we we went through some i kind of pretty much said this one's working unless i see a huge improvement somewhere and i'm i always have my feelers out because a number one what i'm looking for is to save time because I have so much time to get these baits done before other responsibilities creep in. Basically, when spring starts to go and I have to worry about mowing grass, it getting dark later, can't get the kids in bed, it it makes it very difficult to spend time in the paint booth. But uh, I'm kind of getting a little ahead of myself. So you're starting to see this epoxy coating, which is making these paints pop, and now people are really starting to explore various other paints and foils and holographics and glitters and all this crazy stuff. And all all the while these bait prices are creeping. And I'm going to probably say what do you think in the last five to eight years just exploding? I mean, do you think I'm wrong?
2: Not at all. Uh, you know, in the last five to eight years, we've seen um, purchasable $100 baits, you know, you're, three-figure baits.
0: You're seeing first-time bait builders building their first bait.
2: That's in charge in three figures for them.
0: Right. Yeah. Todd, I mean... It's, ex, it's exploded. Again, I already know the answer to this, but this one's directed to Todd. <laughs> Would would you ever, in your right mind, want to buy a bait that is $100-plus, first one out of the person's hands? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, th- there's a level there of, I'm not exactly sure. What it is, and and that's kind of like what's leading this conversation. And I've taken a long way to get here. Is that, Todd? When do you think? Because we we kind of went through a really crude, bumpy history of this stuff, just from you know, anecdotally from you. When did it go from I like making baits, you know, onesie twosie stuff? Not I'm you know I'm not not talking about Dale. I'm not talking about you know, Hmm. like, I don't know, like ERC and all those, like Booker and all those people that are literally having, like, factory setups, this is I'm making my living on, to paying shop rate for onesie-twosie stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, none of this would have, I mean, this all has stemmed from, Right where, you're, where you were getting your information back, you know, whatever, 15 years ago, looking at those forums. I mean, it wasn't for the forums and the computer, Internet access. None of this would be happening. Who in their right mind would have just you, – you, you couldn't have found somebody to say, hey, I'm going to start making some baits. I made a couple dozen here. we can catch some fish on them. Here they are. They're 125 to start, you know. You would have never sold one. You couldn't have sold them to your – best friend because it was like it could have never you know it just wouldn't have happened without the access of getting it getting it out there and showing it to the masses uh, you know back in the day when brian boyer started making the legend wars the perch bait wasn't that was the most expensive bait that i knew of you know once again i didn't have access. you didn't i didn't know what people were making out in wisconsin and minnesota how the heck would i ever know that you know uh it,
0: yeah the, magazine, there was there was nothing there Fisherman it,
1: it, it, maybe who knows yeah i mean it, maybe if they did an article on it or something you know but uh that, that would have been it you know so i mean it, man everything changes uh the, but the 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 availability of getting them out and and showing them to people was what I think made it possible for all these companies to be around right now, you know?
0: Yeah. It, 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 it it pretty much, I'm going to, I'm going to tie it to this and I I don't want to just say Facebook, tying it to a media outlet that was, that allowed easy posting of photos. That's that's kind of like my, my marker on that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, mm-hmm. like, Todd, when I'm like, I'm going to post these photos, and in order for me to put these photos in my thread on this forum, I have to upload them to this thing called Photo Bucket. Then I'm going to take the direct link and drop it into here, so you have to have two or three windows open in order to even get this thing to, like, work yeah. halfway good. And, and this
1: was this not that long ago.
0: <laughs> no, this was 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, then photo bucket, I don't you know, they they went like private and you had to pay money and I don't know how many people actually continued, you know, your free photo bucket account, you know, it it's gone, are you going to pay the money they want? No. So what did you do? You just basically the main one was Facebook. It's so easy to post a photo on Facebook, it's like sending a text. Mm-hmm. And once you once you had that and you can kind of show this stuff and all these people were looking, it kind of went from hey, I make some baits and you never really heard about it. I'm I'm a ba- basement bait ma- maker. You might have found some on eBay once in a while, like you you like, "Oh, I know that guy. His that's a screen name over here." Mhm oh my gosh, it's a $35 bait. Can you believe that? Holy crap. My most expensive bait was, you know, whatever. 20 bucks at that time. And and now it's it's almost, for the time being, I can't predict the future. I, I have some guesses, but it's now widely accepted that, and this is just my opinion, paying a shop rate. Now, when I say a shop rate, Go to any mechanic and then they're, they're like, okay, what's your rate? And sometimes they have a sign by like the cash register. We're $70 an hour, $85 an hour, whatever it is. And that's almost, and I'm not blanketing this over everybody, but vast generalization. It's now like the onesie twosie builders seem to kind of have the, the shop rate and the shop rate might be like 40 bucks or something. And just like one of those things you, you look at, you're like, okay. And I can appreciate it. I I'm not dogging on the whole thing. I'm just saying how no. how is my how is how can my head wrap my you know get wrapped around this and just say I, I'm seeing you know whatever. And I, again, I'm not putting them down because I have some of this stuff. This looks like a couple dollar piece of wood. I know how much paint costs. I know how much these components cost where is the value here? And it, it literally has to boil down to what is it worth to the builder? And trust me, everyone out there, if you're still with me, I'm this kind of wraps back around to like the original opening statement here. But I mean, that's the only thing that it can be. I don't, I don't necessarily believe it's greed, but you ever see like an original painting from a really good artist and you look at it, you're like, Holy crap. That's a lot of money. But what you don't see is the six months that they had in painting it. Yeah. And
1: and you know if you can sell if you can sell your baits for whatever you can sell them for, go for it. You know that's great. You know the, the only reason this, I mean, the reason it's possible and the reason it's happening is, you know, we've had people on our show before talking, and you find out that you know they're making a hundred baits a year. Right. Okay, you make a year. You can put that out and you can get it out and show it to 10,000 people now really quickly. So if you get 1% of those people, one out of 100 says, you know, I'd like to try one of them. Your baits are gone. Right. <laughs> and, and where, you know, but the, 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 the they might have had, a, you know, at the price, some of the people, they, maybe they make 100 of them they might've had them the rest of their life where they could find a hundred people to spend that much on a bait. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you only know a hundred people and you're only going to get one person out of them to snag it, you're probably not going to try to make a hundred dollar bait.
1: Are you going to run into a hundred musky fishermen to show the bait to, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So you
1: know, that's just the, yeah. The way it is, you know, the way it goes, you know. And, yeah, if they get out there and they catch fish and someone else gets one on your bait, maybe I'll try one of them. You know, that's what's made it all
0: possible. Yeah. it, it, it And there's also some, you know, for, for you know, and th- this is kind of along the, you know, it kind of fills in all of this stuff. There are some unrealized costs with making some baits that are molded. And when I say unrealized costs, obviously the bait maker knows the cost, but a lot of customers just might not even realize that this is an actual thing. So even I think it's just following economic trends. It's just, you know, you know, the as my economics teacher would would, he would sing it in a tune. Um equilibrium is the market clearing price. Meaning If you make 100 baits and you struggle to sell the last one, you've priced it perfect. If you have some left over, you're priced too high. If you sell them too quick, you price too low. And that is a very difficult thing to try to pinpoint. But as the needles have been moving to a higher price point on all these baits, I think there are some bait makers that are just saying, well, I think that there's room for me to move up. Um, just, just from that now it could be because they want more money. It could be because stuff isn't getting cheaper. I mean, we've, we've seen that firsthand, anyone that's in the material markets in the last two years, but where I'm getting at on this is production tooling. You don't really think of this stuff when you're out musky fishing or fishing in general, because, You're out there to kind of not think about the real world. You're out there to have fun and enjoy yourself. Molding costs, labor costs sometimes to fix, repair, even make the tooling. Um, That stuff is also going up. And if you have a bait that, that I have some baits, we have some baits that I would love to do. We've had people come up and say, can you, can you make this? I'd like to have this big gigantic thing or this whatever. Can you make a smaller of this? The answer every time is yes. But then you have to say, well, if we're going to make that and I'm just going to... Let's just use some dummy numbers here. I'm going to have $1,500 in making a new tool. And I have one or two people requesting this. If I think... I'm listening to maybe 1% of the people would actually come up and say this. So I might sell 100 baits a year of this. you got to kind of say, well, how long can can that really last? And let's just say I'm going to sell 100 baits for five years. That's kind of my life expectancy on this tool. Well, you kind of have to throw $3 a bait on just paying for the tooling. You know, what happens if it's, you know, it, it's kind of a flop and, and you only sell 20 the first year and 20 throughout out there. You're taking enormous hit on the tooling just to kind of make this bait that you took a gamble on. Um, I guess that's the risk of doing business. But on the same token, how many risks are you going to take when you're like, yeah, I just I had three really bad. Three really bad baits come out. I still have all the stuff here, but now I'm in the hole several thousand dollars. I have some, you know, material wrapped up into these, these baits and all this other stuff. So sometimes, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that price will go down, but that, that in the background stuff can really, can really drive costs, especially on more production style baits. You know, you hope that when you invest in tooling, that it's going to either increase the amount of baits you do or decrease the time, which is basically the same thing. So uh, it's coming down to what is your time worth? Mm -hmm. So kind of on long along the lines of what I kind of started out with on this manufacturer, I think they actually had to come out and say something or I heard someone say something that these these cost a lot to make. Uh-huh. That, that's why that there's a price here of this. And I've noticed material costs just starting to climb really hard. And while I can't say for sure or not, I haven't seen one personally if this price for what's in question is fair or not. But it's not hard for someone to look at something and say, "Well, I know what I'm holding." I see blank amount of dollars in the base material, blank amount of dollars in the paint, blank in the hooks, blank. And you add it up and you're like, okay, so I come up to this. Well, how long did it take for someone to do all that? In some of these places, you can watch some cool YouTube videos of like, you know, mass producing. And they're normally bass lures. They'll have like several paint booths set up with like really high quality, like salad tong looking, uh, spray masks that you can grab onto a bait and there is no overspray. They have their color. They're putting this on, goes to the next, goes to the next, goes to the next. And when it, you know, in the matter of 30 seconds, it has all the paint on it and it's off for hooks and packaging. None of that was cheap. When you look at the vent systems yeah. and the brushes and paying the labor and insurances and all this other stuff. And, you know, I can say this, uh, for certain, if you're a bait maker and this is like what you do for a living and you have some employees and you offer some level of insurance, speaking firsthand, health insurance for us, when I say us, the shop, went up over 30% in the start of the year. And we're not talking like, oh, 30%, that's, you know, how much were you paying before? hundred bucks? No, we're talking thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. So there's some other driving costs on this price stuff, but. Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I know I, I kind of just went off on a little tear right there, but you the, know, the, 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 the
1: bait making to me has just become, I mean, there's, I mean, it's real obvious. It's become a collector's market as much as it has a fisherman's market, you know, uh, y- y- you can go so, so the first real like crazy expensive bait i saw was uh wishmaster i can't remember the guy's name he came to our one of the shows in butler he made it in insane baits like thick. <laughs> uh he has the giant wish the ray. i i don't know all the names of them but you know he had a booth right beside me at know it was when i started guiding so you're talking late 90s mid 90s something like that and uh uh I might have just been working the show. I don't know, but uh, you know, I, and, and but you know, you were talking. Man, they were you know, hundred dollar, hundred fifty dollar, three hundred dollar bait. You know, sold about three or four of them at the show. I think. Of course, what happens when something happens to those people? He got sick, passed away. And, I mean, his baits go for thousands now. I don't know that there's ever been a fish caught on one. You
0: know, a lot of people use that as a as a uh, as the standard. You hear some of them bait makers like, I'm trying to make it like the old Wishmasters. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I've heard of them, never seen one.
1: Yeah, a lot of these baits are, are, you know, they're they're collecting collectible baits. I have some big name, I've had some fancy, very expensive baits to throw in my boat before. And, uh, you know, when you start playing with it, the jerk bait or the glide bait or this or that and play around, (laughs) wow, you know, I get to wondering, I don't know if anyone's ever thrown one or everyone's ever caught a fish on them, but they still mm-hmm. get boxed up. Uh, because it worked. They just didn't work. I'm not saying this is with all of them. You know. One in particular, they have a plastic knockoff for like 30 bucks. That glider works great.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. but
1: uh, So, you know, it, it's obviously you're not, you know, man, if you can. If you're selling works of art, it doesn't matter what it's
0: what price it is, doesn't reflect the fish catchability.
1: No, there's. I mean, a, to me, a fishing lure is a fishing lure, but also to me, is a car is a car, you know, or, or a truck's a truck. I uh, can buy the Dodge Ram I have, with the same engine and everything, or I can buy the you know the you know or, or yeah, whichever right. that one. Is. It, you know you can buy you can buy three of them. Two, two or three, you know, some of the, you know, the Denali Blazer or Taha or whatever is, you know, twice as much as the other one. Every the, the inside, you know, the the engine stuff's the same. Going to get you the same place. You are going to be able to fish with it either way. But so that there it's to each his own.
0: But mm-hmm. uh... yeah, I I agree. And like, do you remember not long ago there was a spinnerbait manufacturer that was. You know, through expert marketing, drove Mm -hmm. a demand that had just went bananas. And in a spinner bait thing, I I almost want to tell, I'm going to tell the story because I wanted to, I kind of made a little bookmark in my brain about this. So back in the day when we first started, there was a newspaper article um, about, about the baits and stuff like that. I had a little photographer come over and, you know, this was this is going way back. And that, you know, that was put out there, the local newspaper, kind of a cool thing. And, um, quickly there on this one forum, local forum, this one, one person that, you know, people were posting a lot, but this, this person was particularly chatty and you kind of knew he was younger, kind of came out and had like this for sale, like, Hey, I'm making musky baits now. And it's a general fishing forum, so, and he's like, "I'm I'm going to sell these spinner baits for eight dollars a piece, and I've caught a fish on the one. I, I call it the purple dagger. Okay, you better watch out. Mm-hmm. Put up some photos and whatever, and and I'm like, just fresh off this news article, you know, I felt like I was king of the world. You know, I'm getting some exposure, you know, not a lot of sales and stuff like that. And then I, then all of a sudden I see this guy start putting this stuff up and, you know, I kind of make the thing. I'm like, Hey, I kind of like, you know, I, I forget even what I say, but basically I engage in conversation in the open thing. I'm like, um, you got a sales tax ID, huh? Like, Oh, you know, people jumping on, i oh, leave him alone. He's just a kid trying to make a couple bucks. I'll buy a few of them. And, you know, then you, you, it's one of these things. It's like you, you jump through, you get your excise tax ID, you get your sales tax ID, you're trying to do everything right, and then you see what you know is a young kid trying mm-hmm. to start out and doing stuff, and he's trying to, I'm like, at eight bucks. Kid's trying to make whatever, an eight-inch version for eight bucks and, you know, something, maybe a smaller or a bigger one for a little more or less. I forget at this point. But um, I almost said, I'll take a hundred because I knew he was making $0 on labor. So at some point when you, when you see someone new coming in and pricing, who's, I want to say that there's kind of less of this now, but when you first kind of make something, you're like, Oh man, I, you know, I know how much, you know, whatever I got these receipts. I made eight baits here and, it had $80 when it was all said and done in this material. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and make this. And if I can make a buck or two, I can keep going. And they quickly realized that they can't. And that's kind of almost what the the purpose of me wanting to just drive home a humongous order. Because you could have gotten them and been like, okay, these things are of decent quality. I'm going to throw them in a bag and put 15 bucks on them and, and sell them under my label. Which, you know, some bigger companies do on, on various you know various baits. I'm not saying in the musket community, but you got to think mm-hmm. that like a twister worm coming out of China can be packaged under a lot of different names. Uh, just put your fancy packaging on it and raise the price. Um, but <laughs> in fact, that was a big thing. Todd, do you remember a lot of the Chinese bait makers? Like, I remember getting emails from places in China. Hey, we we can we can make this stuff. And and, and there were some companies that kind of came up and just quickly went away within a year that they Mm -hmm. were just buying these wholesale things, putting them in their package, and then they disappeared. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it, it never, it just never lasted. But, you know, kind of like when I'm going back there, whatever, 10, 12 years ago, this kid valued nothing on his labor. And now it flipped to where, you know i'm not minimizing the the spinner bait community but there's a lot of bot components that are assembled mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um but it it is now the the cool yeah. thing
1: and and that's what makes the musky lures unique and there is you know or are, are, yeah i i, I know you can spend a lot of money on a few bass lures, but there's not that many you you spend for somebody's paint this and that the musky community is very unique there i mean you can go fish for freaking blue marlin and you are using a looks like a hula popper with the
0: uh huge vinyl t- skirts
1: yeah i mean it, there's nothing to the lure you know what i mean so the musky the musky industry is I mean, you, you you get your lure parts magazine. I look through it to order our stuff all the time. I mean, you can buy, I can buy all kinds. Of, you can buy rattle traps and and you know big you know hot and tots. Big. I mean, you can buy the blank right there. They're three three bucks a piece. Yeah. You know, you can't do that with a with a lot of the musky lures. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, that that's what makes the the industry so unique and makes it uh, such a collectible industry. Also, you know, mm-hmm. there, there there there's no other fishing that this happened with.
0: Not that I can think of. I mean, unless no,
1: no but yeah, not that I know of. I mean, the muskie lures are very unique. I mean, or my good friend Joe Stagnetti, lure collector. He's been doing it for like 30 years now. It's been his living collecting lures he started in the bass industry obviously old headings and old well headings not even i mean old old stuff uh it, that's what got him into musky fishing it's just the you know he was collecting lures and buying lure collections and running these musky lures these are you know and said man these are really cool got him into musky fishing got him into starting the musky fishing collection you know because there's the, the uh, there's no other fishing industry like it that that, that has what we have, you know. I, I run into people all the time. The guys will show up in my boat and say, oh, I'd buy it. And, you know, they, they they might have 50 lures. They don't even fish for muskies. They're like, they're just the coolest lures. I I just buy them. <laughs> okay. Well,
0: well, okay, to expand upon that, and I think all of us agree, we continue to buy them and we don't need them.
1: We all do it. Mm-hmm. They'll do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah.
0: agree. I mean, how many, and and, and as the prices creep up, you just, you, you come to just terms with it. This is what it costs. And it, it doesn't impact how many you're going to buy. Sure. But at the same time, you're like, well, I'd rather buy, you know, a couple $60 baits because I, I have the perception of quality. It makes me feel good. There's some little drip of endorphins that are hitting your. Your brain yeah. there, and just like oh, this is cool. Well, you could just go down the street right now, go down to whatever big box store there is, and for the hundred eighty bucks you spent, you could pretty much buy everything off the shelf, and it does nothing for you.
1: Yeah, I mean the, you, you, the guys are winning million dollar bass tournaments still on drop shot wacky worm rigs. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a rubber worm. Well, <laughs> that tungsten's
0: <laughs> getting expensive compared to that, you know, nasty lead.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm yeah i mean we have a unique industry you you know we're into a unique sport that that's just uh i don't think there's any other like it
0: no it's it, it almost seems once you're in the sport and when i say in the sport like a like a year or two into it like after you kind of like you don't really know what you're doing you're buying stuff at random once you're in it it seems like it's a small bait builder's market. Of course, you know, the big companies are going to sell their things. You know, the, the local guys are kind of going to always, if you're local to an area, you're always going to kind of have like the local flavor of, you know, the baits that, you know, you're going to just see them all the time and whatever, but it, it seems to be, and when I say small, most of these are not full-time gigs. That's kind of what I'm meaning. Um, now, where people set their price i'm 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 kind of going with the thing if you feel that that's worth it and you want to buy it, buy it if you don't make your off jokes to your friends and stuff but it's one of these things it's you know it's um it it just it's 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 how it is it they no one should have to offer you affordability if you want it buy it. These, some of these people are spending hours doing this stuff. And a lot of this stuff that I see and I talk to people, a lot of time comes in the details, and a lot of details you can't even see because they're covered up with paint.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> there, there is Dying,
2: some... Digging a two-foot trench, <laughs> 30-some feet.
0: So you can go up to your knee? <laughs> yeah, frozen ground frozen not until not it thawed.
2: Either, no. <laughs> and we're not even we're not gouging.
0: No. The, the, there's there is a yeah. You uh, and got again. this you, you got this price. If you, you know, can
1: sell, you're not, I mean to me if you can sell them if you're selling your baits, you're not gouging. Whether you if you get a thousand dollars out of your baits Mm-mm. I mean if someone's going to pay it Sure. I don't think it's gouging it's just for the person to determine whether that's something they want to invest that much money in, you know. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely.
0: Now you Vance know. Vance, kind of kind of on this thing, you know, I, I talked about tooling and stuff. You saw firsthand recently how new good, well designed tooling helps out in production. If you want to kind of take it from there, I teed you up.
2: Yeah, and it only took like four years of me bitching. But the new tooling for that six inch swim bait and eventually it will be for the whole family of them. Yes. it's, It's double as fast and simple for me. And I told, I told Andy about that. I said, when we were, when I poured, I poured, you know, say just, just a rough number, like 350 swim baits. Okay. A lot of them were the six over half were the six when I did our older models. And these are now like 12 year old molds. They're like from 2009. I did a hundred of them. It took me. Just as long, if not longer, to pour these baits, and it did for the new, new six. And uh, I was just like, "Oh my God!" I was I was very gun ho to start them, and then as soon as I poured them, I was like, "This is not, <laughs> yeah, this is this is not as nice." I was like, "This actually is is very taxing. I do not want to be here right now." And uh so when you invest the money and you make something better, and when you make something better, it has to be better. It has to be double, triple is good, you know. That's why you're making it. So boom, Andy listens to me, I'm bitching about it. He's like, All right, I'll put you know a ten a, a tenth of of my brain power into it. He makes this beautiful mold and it is Super easy for me to use. Just incredible. You just pour it in, boom, comes out, like it's quick. One slice, no trimming, you're good to go. I'm like, wow, I could actually make like a lot of these now. If if I wanted to. And,
0: and they uh, are very consistent.
2: They're extremely consistent. And I was very proud with with uh where or swim bait was with my pores, as to uh, their run, their how they ran. You know, they're they're still tested, they're hand tested. I tested these couple, I I tested a couple hundred, every single one ran perfect, outside of uh, user error on my pores when I was getting used to things. So it's close to a, it's like, I could say it's a hundred percent, but it comes down to me pouring it. Now, if I put it in and the, uh, the plastic salt is a billion degrees and I just plop it in and walk away and I go and cut it, there's going to be uh sinkage and things of that nature that are going to make the bait not run. That's what was happening. But once I go, once I figured it out, I was just like, Oh my God, this is so easy. Everything looks the same. This is interesting. I wonder if this is gonna, these are gonna run. And we had this extreme warm up. We really haven't hit winter until like the uh, like last week, if I you just, will,
0: and tomorrow night. Tomorrow,
2: tomorrow, tomorrow night, or night. we had a couple really cold days there. So I had open water, and I just went out and was testing these, and I'm like, oh my god, every single one. I'm I'm gonna do it, but I almost don't need to, but I'm still going to do it just for peace of mind. I was like, every single one and perfect and then i was like why did i drive to open water when i have like a a six foot hot tub i could i literally could just do it right there i did that for the ones that i uh poured old school and it worked perfect so i'm always going to have open water now um but that that new tooling is it's uh is night and day and uh you you know when you're using it I was like oh man I re- is this really better let's see what happens it's again as soon as i i used our old ones i was like oh my god the whole the whole bait looks like completely different it's just a very – it's just a nicer product we you did what you're supposed to do when you you know try and re- reinvent the wheel there it's like three times better, so I'm super pumped about it. Not to say that our old ones are bad or anything like that. They're obviously proven fish catchers and all that, all that good stuff. You know, time is is of the f- essence. We wish we could have the eights and the tens and maybe a bigger one uh, sooner rather than later. Right now, we just have the six. Um, but
0: uh, you know, still, like, yeah. I mean, it I almost don't. comes across that there's like an apologetic element to this because, yeah, you know. Any automaker does not apologize for making an updated version of the car. You know, pick hey. pick whatever, Ford in their F-150. They don't apologize saying, hey, guys, thanks for buying the last two years model version. But by the way, we just made a brand new one. And you're going to want this one, too. Um, you know, they don't come out and say that. But, you know, even going a little bit deeper. So Vance just talked, you know, long at, you know, the tooling. You know, that tooling took time to make a prototype cut a prototype we made a couple changes to the prototype then we were happy where that was at and then we made some more production molds and we have that but
2: and ran them too right
0: yeah we we ran them but then you know to kind of even go further into it you're looking at a finished product tool we also revamped the wire harness and the wire harness we made it to where i feel we we made a better designed harness, but we couldn't use the old lead molds. So now we had to design and make lead molds. And to make these actually, like, efficient, we had to buy different melting devices. So all of this supporting tooling to make the final product, that's not, you know, that's not realized. And that's going to, going to take, you know, if you really want to it's going to take a long time if we're going to just say that, you know, to go above and beyond to realize a profit on these toolings, it's not, it's not just going to be done on the first bait. You know, what was it like kind of like in pharmaceutical drugs, the first bill, the the first pill cost over a billion. The next one's 15 cents. Right. You know, like how do you, how do you put that out? And, you know, granted we, we use a lot of swimmers. We sell a lot of swimmers and stuff. So, you could pretty much say, Well, there's you know, just really low, moderate, you know, something a reasonable price increase. And yeah, it's saving time, but you still have to eat the initial investment, the R and D, you know, the time, you know, there's all that stuff that goes into it that's unrealized when you're holding the bait, you're like, Oh, this is a nice improvement and you tie it on your line and you throw it out there and you don't really think about the the steps taken. Sweat
1: either. equity. Right. The sweat equity. And oh, price. yeah. I mean, the, the guys that are doing 100 baits and getting big bucks for them that are hand-making them and stuff, you know, there, there, there's no, <laughs> you know, you, 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 you're you never going to recoup the cost of getting these molds made. I mean, I, it, it's no secret that that, that is not a – once you do that, you got to go into it. If you're planning on making money, at, at, you need money at the business.
0: Todd, I'm going to quote someone. I'm in it for the long haul. Yeah.
1: You're in it for a long haul. <laughs> I mean, you know, so, you know, if you're making baits, you're like, okay, I'm going to try to up this. And let's say you put $5,000 in the tooling. Like, like you said, well, well now I guess I got to sell these for $500 a piece. It just ain't going to work. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so the, 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 that's why the, the, you know, the, 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 those mass, well I'm going to call them mass produced anything that you can get injection molded and stuff. But I mean, Those fish don't know whether that sucker is made out of wood or plastic, but uh, there's a big cost (laughs) that goes into those guys initially to get that going, and it will, and it wears out.
0: Nothing lasts forever.
1: Yeah, I mean you just.
0: So yeah, it's basically this. This podcast was hopefully to shed a little bit more light, you know, kind of bring up the, uh, bring up the thing that there's more to it than what you just see. And, uh, you know, what you're holding in your hand, final, final product stuff. Um, yeah, I'm not saying that there's not some, you know, some people in there that might be, you know, trying to get an extra buck or two out of something. I know there's some people that wish they could get another buck or two out of stuff. It's not passing judgment on anything, but just some kind of things in the background that, you know, if you got to pay someone's wages and offer some kind of insurance and, Pay the taxes on all this stuff, you know. Th- there's no free ride here. Free money isn't free. So,
2: uh, what about the stimulus checks? Oh, yeah. oh, completely,
0: oh, completely <laughs> free. Don't worry about them. Yeah, I so mean, we'll I'm not. I, I think your son might, but I'm not. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Screw him. Exactly. There's, there's- I mean, so, but basically, those are some things, I mean, and it's not to be a downer or anything like that. I tried to shift. Just... Yeah,
2: price has gone up, so it is It is what it is. It's going up everywhere, and uh, people are just trying to maintain. And
0: Gasoline There's barely little... budged in the last couple of years. Yeah.
2: <laughs> For sure.
0: <laughs> so That's I... why I was so reluctant
2: to fill up the truck, you know. Well, you're
0: in that. Ohio, so it should be like. Extremely cheaper than PA.
2: Yeah, went from like ten dollars down to like seven gallon.
0: That's a that's a. I'm being dramatic. Super deal. (laughs) And I'm I'm sure that that little three cylinder truck of yours just sips the fuel. It
2: does. You barely notice (laughs) until it starts digging at you, saying you ain't gonna make it.
0: (laughs) You're gonna die. Call the family.
2: (laughs) start making your rounds
0: pretty much yeah
2: dude i think about that sweat equity into those those lures
0: god i remember on my anniversary fishing trip tracking you down and throwing you a couple dozen baits and say run these you remember that yeah and
2: and they kick butt for that month of august yeah remember that
0: yeah, things things were popping, but smash
2: game on them.
0: Yeah, and like I don't know that like the big thing is is you know I don't know I I find it I don't know. There's I, the I, thing. I, there's
2: there's the sweat equity in it though too. Okay, it looks good. We're good. See you later. No, here's a dozen of them. Use them for half of the season, and. We'll see if it's where it needs to be.
0: Yeah, there is a length of time that you need to invest to say, I feel that this product is confident. I'm going to pick on the auto industry again. If you made a car that looked really good and ran really great for the first 100 miles, and then it just fell apart, (laughs) that's not a winner. (laughs) (laughs) But... Yeah, so Tesla, you, you,
2: when Tesla did their, their debut and they were like, this thing is, you can't get through it. And they threw like one softball at it and it made a huge broken glass.
0: Well, it was a rock. Like, and, and, okay. and there was, there was a, they figured out why that happened. Of
2: course, of course. But that's just,
0: you know. But it's, it's slightly embarrassing and stuff. But <laughs> yeah, I, I know that is, uh, that, that's kind of funny. Be like we
2: like, check out this new plastic baked man. They put it in the water
3: and it just dissolves. Like,
0: oh. I'm going to bring this up again because it's completely fitting. I've got this Oof. ladder. Check it out. It locked in place. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now it's locked in. See?
0: <laughs> well, anyways, Todd, Vance, you guys got anything else to add? We're going to wrap it up.
1: Uh, let's wrap it up. Okay. Ready to go.
0: All right. Big thanks to Fat AZ Muskie Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guide, St. Croix Rods, Vix Marine, Ranger Boats, the Muskie Max Plus, which is coming up quick, um, Aqua Traction, and don't forget the Lure Swap, chapter, I think I said 64, February 5th. Um, look for it. Anyone's welcome. Five bucks to get in, ten bucks for a table. All right. Everyone, uh, thanks for listening, and I guess have fun watching college basketball or ice fishing. I don't know what people do, but thanks for listening.